Welcome to The Rock Fight, an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. This is where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. I'm Colin True, and today we're kicking off the week with some headlines that have come out of the outdoor industry over the past few days. But before we do that, hey, you, outdoor enthusiast, you know that bin of outdoor stuff sitting in your garage, closet, or basement that you haven't used in, like, forever? You could right now send that useless stuff to Gear Trade and get 80% back when you can sign with the home for unnew outdoor gear and apparel. Head to GearTrade.com, click the Sell Your Stuff tab, and get started today. Hell, they'll even send you a box and a shipping label to keep it simple, so get on that. Go to GearTrade.com now. What are you waiting for? Go make money with your old outdoor stuff. All right, let's start the show. We got three stories today. One's brand focused because we want to start with Swiss brand Mammut and their goal to hit $100 million in North America revenue by 2028. When I saw this, it gave me some pause because it's been a while since an outdoor brand has made a big deal about trying to kick in the door on a market for nothing more than financial reasons. For as long as I can remember, Mammut has been a brand with, let's say, limited presence in North American specialty dealers. Kind of like Rab. If you saw it in a store, it wouldn't shock you. But you weren't expecting it either. So I get why they'd make a big push to see if they can gain some more maybe legit traction in North America. But all the talking points feel very, I don't know, 2007 to me. A lot of quotes from North American general manager for Mammut, Chris Custer, Talking about how, you know, this is technical stuff. If people want to wear it to walk the dog, great. But that's not why we're making it. And, you know, we know that cheap stuff is out there and it's not who we are. And we're going to make footwear so people can have head-to-toe solutions because we own Reikley and we're going to make Reikley or Mammut Trail Runners to compete with, you know, Hoka and Ultra and On and Nike and Topo and Innovate and Brooks and Saucony and Loa and La Sportiva and Asics and Adidas and on and on and on. And I have to admit, I kind of find it funny that they're running the top of the pyramid brand playbook in the same press release where they also say they need to get over triple digits in North America revenue in order to please their parent company. And I don't begrudge the goal of growth or stealing share, but it's an old way of how to grow at this point. Outdoor brand market share is pretty locked into place. And unless you can somehow bring attention to yourself with a new product, which as we've discussed a ton on the show is unlikely given where we are with gear and apparel innovations, you're just putting your brand against other brands and looking for cracks to split open. Except when it comes to things that are mentioned only in passing, like seriously, like just like a little one-off at the end of the article, which is sustainability and DEI. Those are the real opportunities to differentiate, but it doesn't seem like Memoot is particularly interested in that at this time. As I see it, there are only two ways to move up the brand ranks when it comes to traditional outdoor. Number one, brand and marketing attention in more fashion-focused adjacent segments so that you become more cool, put yourself in a position to be in demand to a larger audience. Or number two, you put your money where your mouth is and make yourself a disruptive brand on the fronts of social or environmental issues. You know, the topics that are more meaningful to outdoor consumers. Most of all, it just bums me out. I mean, why the need to grow? Why that arbitrary $100 million mark? I mean, can't Mammut just be what Mammut is? I mean, just keep doing your thing, making good products, and maybe work on improving your brand. You know, start with your website. The website, eh, looks a little Squarespace-ish, right? There's a place to start. You know, look at how consumers actually connect to your brand, because right now, I don't see how you're different than anyone else. Mountain Hardware recently revamped their website, and it's nothing earth-shattering, but compared to other outdoor brands, it looks like a freaking miracle. 
And lastly, and longtime listeners are going to know that this is where I was going all along. I don't want Reikley trail running shoes or Mammut trail running shoes. And you know what? I don't think Mammut does either. Right now, if you Google Reikley, the first thing that comes back is people ask if Reikley is still in business. And then the answer that Google gives you is Reikley is no longer in business. So remember all my comments about the challenges of Loa entering trail running? Well, no one thinks Loa is out of business, so they at least have a fighting chance. Mammut needs to first bring Reikley back from the dead, unless they just call it Mammut, but in the article they talk about Reikley specifically, and make them relevant again, and then break into a new category that Reikley isn't even known for. So I don't think the footwear model is really going to give this all a booth. I think Mammut, you need to focus on your brand, find new consumers, because if you keep traveling the well-trod path of making outdoor stuff and telling everyone how core to the outdoors you are, because you make amazing outdoor gear and apparel, I bet if we check back in with you in a year, you'll be in a similar position that you are in today. But I really dig your brand. I've always loved Mammut. I own some Mammut stuff and I like it. So good luck. We're pulling for you here at the Rock Fight. Uh, I don't know if this playbook is the one that's going to work for you, though. Moving on. So there were a couple of outdoor event updates that come out of the last week. The first one is news from Outside Magazine and The Big Gear Show, who are teaming up for the Outside Festival, which is being billed as the, I'm serious about this, the South by Southwest of the outdoors. We'll get to that in a second because the other event update comes from Outdoor Retailer, who released their floor plan for the forthcoming winter market this November. And as for OR, look, I... I think that's a wrap, folks. This show floor plan looks smaller than a regional rep show. And doing a quick run-through of who's actually exhibiting, I only recognize a handful of names. That's not hyperbole, like a handful of names. Now, I know winter market is historically smaller than summer, but if the show was already a shell of itself, I don't, I don't know what to call it now, a shell of a shell? At this point, it just feels mean to pile on Outdoor Retailer. For those of us who experienced the show at its zenith, we have our memories, and they're clearly not finding a way to remain relevant. I'm calling the ball. It's over. Don't want to talk about them anymore unless they give us a real reason to talk about them. It's over. Now, the Outside Festival. I saw someone teasing the Outside Festival on LinkedIn a few weeks ago, but it wasn't until I got Kyle Frost's newsletter that I saw a breakdown of what this is intended to be. If you don't already subscribe to Kyle's newsletter, he's a great follow, and I'm going to have him on the show soon to talk about this very topic, so I don't want to spoil all of my thoughts here, but I have a few things to say before I get to chat with Kyle. The Outside Festival is going to be in Denver next summer. It's going to combine the Big Gear Show with a film festival and live music and food and beer and other stuff. It's a gathering of outdoorsiness, trade shows, consumers, all of the above. And it's not going to shock you to hear me say... I'm not optimistic. (laughs) I'm not optimistic about this because they're making the same mistakes that OR keeps making and Big Gear has made as well. People keep trying to capture the way things were back when outdoor retailer was a big deal. And that's the wrong approach to something like this. All of these things, outdoor retailer, Big Gear, outside festival, they're making the assumption that outdoorsy people want to attend an event like this based on common interests. The reason Outdoor Retailer was so successful for so long is because it was meaningful to the bottom line of the brands that attended. An extension of that was the biannual gathering of the tribe. The gathering didn't come first. The purchase orders came first. To create an event that is supposed to rally outdoor consumers to attend based on pop culture and outdoor activity, it misses the point of the variety of interests in the outdoor community. Music fests work because people attend like live music. 
Movie festivals, same thing, but for movies. Outdoor retailer was never an outdoor event. It was a business event. The way the outdoor festival is being promoted, it's making the assumption that someone like me, a person working in outdoor media with a background in the outdoor industry that spends his free time doing outdoorsy things and has a family who also likes outdoorsy things would want to attend. But I never would attend this. I could live in Denver, and unless my job mandated it, I would never give up an afternoon to go to something like this. I'd rather go hiking or biking or climbing or go to the movies or go to a concert. I don't want to go to some preconceived version of all of these things in a single place. Did I like attending Outdoor Retailer when it was the biggest industry event in North America? Yep. I have friends I may never see again because those days are over. However, was there ever a year when I attended that I would have skipped it if my job hadn't required me to go? Yup, every single one. OR made working fun, but it was still work. If I didn't have to go, I wouldn't have gone. If the opportunity exists for an outdoor-themed festival to be successful, this isn't how it's going to go. I mean, the promo video to attract sponsors features a bunch of middle-aged white people ranging from the governor of Colorado to the CEO of Outside Inc., who is in a spandex bike kit, by the way. Ooh, I can't wait to hang out with people like that. How about for your video, you line up an A-lister hip-hop artist or the coolest young athletes who are redefining what it means to go outside today? You need to manufacture FOMO. You have to make me so afraid of missing this that I'm buying my plane tickets before I even get my event tickets. We'll get into the story behind the festival when I have Kyle on, but much like Outdoor Retailer, yeah, I have my doubts. Also, when I learn about things like the Outdoor Market Alliance, where specialty rep groups are finding new ways to organize and work with their brands and retailers that is outside of the traditional regional and national trade show schedule, but suits the needs of both the brands and the dealers, it just says to me that we are not going back to where we used to be at all. And outside, Big Gear, Emerald, who owns OR, all need to take out the map and compass and read the terrain just a little bit better. More to come on this topic here in The Rock Flight, but for now, that's our show. Please follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, as well as leave us a five-star rating. Also, send your feedback and emails and comments and angry letters to myrockflight at gmail.com. We'll be back with more outdoor ideas at Aim for the Head. The Rock Flight is a production of Rock Flight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And here to take us out fresh from his time leading tours of the Punk Rock Museum in Las Vegas is Krista Makes from Less Than Jake with the Rock Fight fight song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock fight.